So we'll add on to the instructions from yesterday um, that Chaz gave. Um, We are, in the morning, we give instructions based on the four foundations of mindfulness, which are the meditation instructions laid out by the Buddha. Um, It's it's from the Satipatthana Sutta. Um, So Sati means mindfulness or remembering. And there there are four foundations. I just said that. Um, and the first one is the is the body, and so that's what we've been paying the most attention to is this body, this body that breathes, this body that has postures, this body that's made of elements, this body that has um, different parts. And so we're going to stay stay in the body always, right? So using this physical form as a place to land, using the breath as a place to land, to return to over and over again. Um, Because whether or not we pay attention to it, this body is always here. Oftentimes we end up being walking heads and we forget the true intelligence of this body, right? So this body breathing, this body sensing, this body knowing exactly what's happening right now. You know, so even if you check in right now to to your body, maybe you can feel an overall experience. Like for me, I can feel I can feel warmth, right? So I'm I know that because I'm sweating a little bit. Just the t- the temperature is higher in my body, so there is a body, and so my mind might be saying, "Oh, it's hot," but how do I know that? I know that because my body is experiencing it directly right now. Maybe checking into what's the overall experience, the overall mood of your body right now. Maybe there's a an ease or a calmness, maybe there's a restlessness, so some particular vibration. Just knowing this overall experience of the body. And then of course particular aspects of the body, maybe an ache or a pain or a sensation, like we worked with yesterday, will call our attention. So noticing that. But the Satipatthana Sutta, in terms of the body, and also in terms of the other foundations, which are feeling tones, pleasant, unpleasant, neutral, mind states, which includes emotions, thoughts. And then knowing phenomenon. Knowing when 
maybe we're locked in a hindrance of doubt or aversion or desire. So all of these things are known through the four foundations of mindfulness. And in the refrain of the four foundations of mindfulness, it points to knowing all of these things both internally and externally. So that's what I want to practice with a bit this morning. And sometimes the way I work with it, I think of it as skin out, skin in. Skin out, how I work with it is what's happening, literally skin out, right? So I said like the temperature, the contact of the temperature is touching this body. And it's creating an experience for me. Maybe the knee or the back or any other physical pain that might be there. Externally, skin out. What does the body feel like skin out right now? Contact with the cushion or chair. The sounds. that are coming in from the external world. And then recognizing how the external world impacts our internal experience. really checking out this form, this flesh, locating yourself in this room, really knowing that there is a body, there is a body. This body has nerve endings. It sense experience as it's coming in. And then if we shift our awareness a bit from the skin out, the external, Shifting to skin in. Checking out internal sensation. So this can be the domain of emotions. Maybe internal sensation has an experience in the heart or chest area. Maybe it has an experience in the solar plexus or belly area. 
fluttering, a tightness, a heaviness, a lightness. What's going on in the world of sensation? Skin in, inside, internally. Maybe if you ate breakfast and the belly feels a fullness. Checking that out. What's going on internally in the world of sensation? don't quite need to call it anything. But can we know it? What does worry or anxiety actually feel like internally? What does happiness or ease or peace or joy feel like internally? How do we know without the mind telling us? And then noticing the interplay. Maybe we'll hear something coming from the external world and it enters the internal system. And it can have an effect on us. Maybe hearing a bird bring some sense of joy. Where do I feel joy? Is it a fluttering in the heart? Maybe it's an all over experience. This is deep intimacy. How do I know what's going on for me without the mind telling me? So we'll just sit in silence with this exploration. Allow yourself to be curious. Interested. What's actually happening right now?
And then now, since we know that the mind is active, even when we're trying to (laughs) avoid it, check out what happens when a thought arises. What's the interplay between the thought and the sensations of the internal body? What happens when the planning mind or the fantasizing mind or the remembering mind kicks in? What happens in your, in your physical body? Does planning make the body contract? Where does it contract? Maybe remembering a lovely experience lightens the heart. Maybe a fearful experience tightens the heart or the belly. These are all things that we want to pay attention to. Acknowledging this whole system how it works together. What does the body do to the mind? What does the mind do to the body? Internal, external. So again, not getting too overwhelmed by it, but curious. What's going on right now? How is this thought affecting my overall mood or experience? How is this thought affecting my internal or external physical experience and sensation? So trying to have fun with it and interest in it. What's going on right now?
Um, so I love that I saw many of you standing, which I know Rebecca introduced yesterday, which is a phenomenal practice to use um, anytime. When I was talking about the four foundations of mindfulness, the one of the four postures of the body is standing. Um, so sitting, lying down, walking, and standing are the postures to be mindful during, right? Which is basically every posture. <laughs> so yay, we get to be mindful all the time. And, you know, in the hall when you're feeling the energy lull. Or, or actually, I, I have some spine issues, so for me, standing is a practice I use a lot. Um, so please, like, use it. And the walking, one of the postures... Um, as you go through your day today, really checking out the external internal interplay. You know, if you're if you're walking outside, feeling the sun, how does feeling the sun on your skin engage the internal world? It's like, oh, this is this is great. How do you know this is great? Oh, I know it's great because my height, my heart feels lighter, or because I keep doing it, right? So I'm really, I'm really interested in why we do what we do. And when we start to really pay attention, it's this interplay of internal and external, constantly happening. It's never not happening. So while walking, feeling the ground, feeling the movement, eyes are, eyes are obviously seeing, right? Our eyes are open when we're doing walking practice. So there's information coming in from the external world then our perception kicks in. We're feeling the, the, the temperature on our skin, external world. It has, it has a, an understanding in our internal body. So, so work with that today. This body, internal, external, walking, eating. If you take a nap, lying down, standing, all of it. Nothing excluded really paying attention to the continuity of practice today from the moment you open your eyes. The moment you stand up, the moment you move to your next activity. Because we often get through an activity, check, done, check, done, check, done, right? Oop, that walking period's over. But no, it's, it's this continuity. Sense? kind of fun actually I I think it's fun I'm a dharma dork so it's really fun for me but you know I think it it makes it makes our practice really interesting and then we don't fall we don't fall prey to just any whim why am why am I doing that it's good to know Um, I have a couple announcements and then some time for a few questions um one is to, every time you walk out of this room, just make a point of checking the message board because there are oftentimes messages that are left for some of you. I know we're not checking texts, so check that. That's your new text message method, the message board. So just check it out. Um, so if there's anything that we have for you. Um, 
This afternoon, we'll be turning on the AC in this room because it's been getting a little bit hot in the afternoons. So, um, so please don't open the windows. Um, maybe bring a cover or a shirt or something in case you then get chilly. <laughs> so um, be prepared for the air conditioning um, to be on. Um, we're going to have group meetings again today. So those of you that weren't seen yesterday will be seen today. And we also have, um, individual signups. So we're hoping to be able to see everybody. And we know people tend to sign up later in, in the retreat because maybe nothing's particularly up for you yet, or you might not have a question. Um, but we're finding that there are more empty slots towards the beginning. So if you would like to see a teacher individually, um, you know, now would be a good time to start signing up and we'll have those individual signups um, throughout the rest of the retreat. Is there anything I'm forgetting? Affinity sit today will, will be for the alphabet crew up in um, M, <laughs> M200. Um, that's at three o'clock. So, uh, that's happening. Good. Okay. Are there any practice questions? Da, 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 da. There we go. <laughs> this question is actually about uh, the loving kindness practice. So we find somebody that we care about. We focus on that person, or maybe that 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 thing could be animal or whatever. Um, find that love, and then we kind of turn it on ourselves. And one thing that you were talking about was that we might have trouble receiving that. Um, and I, I for personally love the people in my life more than I love myself. And I think that is okay. Um, and I guess my question is, what's the line between like narcissism, which is lo- loving yourself too much, and kind of like where we're trying to get with this loving kindness practice? So... Um I have a few thoughts about that just because that word narcissism is a bit of a trigger for me because I have, <laughs> I have a few narcissists in my life and narcissism is actually not that loving. <laughs> it's actually very self-centered using that word technically, um, which is very different than, that's why I tried to use the word care or kindness or friendliness, generosity towards self, Right? an experience of warmth and even just ease and peace so that well wishing for ourself doesn't tip over you know when I when I think about um, self-absorption or a type of self-care that doesn't include others right so it'd sort of be the opposite of what you're talking about it's like my needs my needs my needs my needs screw everybody else right um that is in the domain of greed, 
Um, and when we get into greed versus desire, and oftentimes this question is asked, like a wholesome or healthy desire to love ourselves, to love others, to be, you know, to not cause harm, to be helpful, to be of service. Um, it's a very wholesome desire. When we tip over into greed or self-absorption or narcissism or something like that is when we stop paying attention to anybody else. And our needs are far greater than anybody else's. And we'll push anybody out of the way so that we can get what we want. So there is a distinction there. Does that, does that help? Yeah, I, I think that helps. And for me, it's just a fear of becoming narcissistic by focusing on yourself too much, which mm-hmm. I don't think is something that you probably have to worry about. But I mean. Well, so, so um, you know, it's kind of like right time, right place. You know, so here, here, this is, this is a time and a place to really pay attention to what's going on for us. You know, what's up for me? And then when I, when I know what's up from a wise perspective, how I engage with the world and other people, whether it's individuals or, or you know, a community, um, is really different, right? Because it's like if there's not enough food on the table, right, and we're starving, we might want to, but if there's enough, you know, that, that love that feels plentiful, that feels like there's enough for everybody, um, it's very different because then our capacity to share, right, is greater. Kind of tying into that question. Um, So when you pursue this path, you believe it is a good way to improve yourself and to improve the quality of life for you and those who you're caring about. How do you deal with people who aren't following the path Mm. when you think that you are pursuing something meaningful and good and above them, in quotes, (laughs) because you see that they're suffering... And you don't want to put your beliefs onto them, but you still want to lift them up. Yeah. No, it's a good. It's a good and a big and important question. Um, and and somebody else might have a different answer for this. But what what I have found is I, I might have said this the first night. I, I actually did say it the first night, but my, my family was a little worried about me when I was joining this cult. <laughs> and, um, but then over the years, they're like, wow, she's just so much nicer. Like, she's just easier to be around. You know, we like her more. And so in a way, then they started becoming interested in, oh, what are you doing? How are you doing it? I'd like to check that out, right? So it wasn't so much about me telling them they should because I wasn't there yet, right? Because if I still felt like I needed to control their behavior, I wasn't there yet, right? And so it wasn't until my mind could let go of comparing and I'm better than or they're worse than or they need this or um, that the true generosity of practice came into being. 
So um, I, I feel like the best way is by being it. You know, as a phrase that's often heard is, don't be a Buddhist to be a Buddha. And so it's that way of, you know, when I'm awake and alive and, and aware, um, it's infectious. And that whole sort of mirror neuron, you know, um, phenomenon arises and, it, and it, we just become it together. I don't know if that's helpful. Thank you. Yeah. You won't see an, a Buddhist evangelist on a street corner. <laughs> you know, <it's> sort of. <laughs> um, when we're paying attention to body sensations, yesterday we talked about more intense sensations, and in some ways that's a little bit easier for me because it's, it's there. You can really find it. Do you have any suggestions for when things are a bit more numb or dull? You're not getting much of anything. It's like a little harder to hold on to in some ways. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good question. Um, and you're you're right. Those intense sensations, whether they're intensely joyful or intensely, you know, hard, are the easiest to find. Um, the second foundation of mindfulness is a really good way to practice with this. Um, the second foundation we call it feeling tone or vedana, um, which is pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral. And pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral, it's not, it's not, when I say feeling, it's not emotion. It's actually direct experience and contact before we even have a thought about it. Right? So let's say, when I was talking about, we feel the, the experience of the sun. Before the mind even cognizes sun, heat, you know, we will have an immediate, for some, Maybe it's a pleasant feeling, right? That direct contact, uh, us, the subject, the object, contact, pleasant. Or maybe if we're staying out of the sun because we've had skin cancer issues or something like that, that contact is going to be unpleasant, right? So it's it's subjective, this pleasant, unpleasant, neutral. So when we're having, I say this to say, when we're having very subtle, maybe neutral experiences, whether it's in the mind or the body, um, a good practice is to, is to also pay attention to neutral, to also pay attention to when there isn't a pleasant or an unpleasant experience arising. Some look at that as boring, <laughs> right? Neutral boring. Some look at neutral as as ease, which then tips over into... So boring tips over into unpleasant. Ease or peace of neutral can tip over into pleasant. Right, so this... It's sort of, you know, sometimes sometimes I'll, I'll hear people say, it's like, okay, this room is full of people, right? But it's also full of air and emptiness and space. There's actually probably more space in this room than there are objects. So I don't know if I'm getting to your point, but I, but I feel like it's important to work with is watching those moments when the very subtle experiences are there. They aren't peak experiences because we tend to skip over those. We skip over that which we don't, aren't interested in either because it's triggering us negatively or because we really like it. You know, so 
So greed will pull us towards something, aversion will push us away from something. And then there's this weird, which can be called delusion sometimes, can be called neutral, this other space that um, we often ignore. So I've spent whole weeks on retreat working with pleasant, unpleasant, neutral and noticing how much neutral there actually is. Does that answer your question at all? Yeah, I think so. I guess sometimes I wonder if it's neutral because it's neutral or it's neutral because I've spent such a long time avoiding feeling things. Right, that, so check that out. Yeah, that it's hard to get into the, the realness, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, could be a good practice to work with today. Yeah, thank you. This will be the last one. Uh, so you were talking about internally and externally and made me curious about, uh, and I might be jumping the gun a little bit, um, mm-hmm. external when relating to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it's, you know, it's easier to be mindful when you're with yourself and a, li- a little bit easier, um, <laughs> with yourself <laughs> and, you know looking down and just paying attention to all the sensations, but is there like similarity when you're speaking with another and, you know, inter- interactions with another, or is there like an extra step or what's going on there? No, it's, it, you're, you're spot on. It's, that is external. Everything out of here is external. Mm-hmm. So engagement with people, for sure. And it becomes even trippier because they're also having an internal external experience around you, right? So then their internal external is meeting our internal external and their conditioning and their history and their perceptions and their mind and right? And then we're like <laughs> And so that's big. And so why it's really important to know how that affects us. And so here on retreat, we can start in a baby step, just like, oh yeah, the sun, the grass, the sounds, the birds, the food, the smell, the, you know, that's sort of our, our training ground, our boot camp for when we really go and have the much grander experience of a whole other being. Yeah. Uh, Oh, and Chaz will talk about that more. So in terms of the jumping the gun part, (laughs) you're you're not because it's, of course, we're going to think about it, but we will unfold into that more, um, a lot more actually on the last couple days. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Thank you for your attention and practice and walking, walking, remember walking practice just as important. So enjoy your day and we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.